morning. Welcome to the Bar Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Exploring your faith hour. You can get involved anywhere in the world by calling the number on the screen there or emailing us or, or texting us. And I can answer your question concerning today's service or whatever's on your mind uh, this day. And good morning again to everybody here. Hi, y'all. Good, good. Um, I, have, I wrote some notes down because I wanted to, before we get rolling in, if you have any questions for me, we can get into that too. But um, I'm asked that the folks who are watching live around the world, as well as the ones in this room here today, I ask that you pray for the country. Pray for America. It really, if America ever needed prayer, it needed now. Sincere prayer. Because we are on a brink of total destruction. We really are. And it doesn't have to be that way. And I know that the Bible says that Jesus may have to come back only because most people are allowing themselves to fall into darkness and, and not really see what's going on. I just want to read you something here that I talked about on my radio show this week. And uh, these are, uh, this is about abortion. And I think some other things too, but especially about abortion. Oh, the first thing I wanted to tell you about this week, this past week in Arizona, the governor vetoed a bill that would have protected religious freedom. It's, it's unfortunate that we had to even try to get a bill like that out there, you know, because the Constitution allows religious freedom, but religious freedom is under attack, certainly under attack. And had the governor not vetoed the bill under pressure, the folks in Arizona would be able to, if they don't want to do something, you know, based on their religion, they don't, they don't have to without consequences from the government. For example, there are uh, folks who own bakeries in parts of the country, and uh, same-sex folks have gone to them and said, hey, would you bake us a wedding cake? And they said, no, I just can't do it because of my religious belief. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. And as a result, they, went, they were attacked by the government. They were sued, and one man, one family up in Oregon had to shut down his business, his bakery, because he refused to go against what he believed, what the Bible says. And I really admire him for that. Uh, you can't hardly find people in America today who is uh, absolutely willing to lose everything they have for their belief in God. You know, and uh, a lot of people, they cave in if uh, advertisers under pressure say, well, we're not going to support you anymore. So, you know, they came, all right, all right, I'll do wrong just to have your sponsorship. Uh, so the governor vetoed the bill, and I like the governor a lot, so I, I don't take it personally against her. She just caved in under pressure. American Airlines and other businesses said, you know, we're not going to bring our business to Arizona if you don't veto this religious freedom bill. So she caved in. So I ask that you pray for for religious freedom. Also ask that you pray for uh, the unborn child. What I'm about to tell you is only in two states. Now, we haven't looked at the rest of the states yet, but this abortion issue is absolutely out of control. In the state of Mississippi, and these numbers are over, uh, uh, these numbers are over the last 16 years in Mississippi. I have one state I'm going to tell you about that these numbers are from one year ago. But in the state of Mississippi over the last 16 years, Mississippi has uh, 72% of black babies have been aborted in Mississippi alone over the past 16 years. 72% of black babies alone have been aborted in Mississippi. And uh, Mississippi is a Christian state, you know. Everybody and mama said they believe in God down there. The South is real Christian. You know, they really into the Bible and stuff. And yet, they have allowed 72% of black babies to be aborted. Blacks are only 37% of the population. 27% of, of babies are aborted. Oh, 27% of white babies are aborted. And whites are 60% 
of the population. So blacks are fewer there, and yet uh, 37, 72% of black babies are aborted over the last 16 years. Yes? It's actually 72% of the abortions are black babies. Right. Oh, 72% of the, oh, I'm sorry. He said that 72% of the abortion of black babies down in Mississippi. From uh, 1995 to 2010, the total black abortion was 39,052. 39,000 babies from 1995 to 2010. Is that shocking to you guys or sad or just me feeling this? These are like children that are trying to come into the world and they don't have a chance or did not have a chance. And there is no major outcry. There are supposed to be at least 80% of Christians in this country, of all of us. And yet, so that means that we are more than the non-Christians. Why is it that the non-Christians are winning over the Christians? How come they are allowed to um, convince women to have these abortions. Uh, total, and the total number of white babies that, abort, that have been aborted in Mississippi, uh, 14,529. And that's amazing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing. Um, in New York City, and I'm reading what I, my producer gave me here. In New York City, over one-year period, one year, and I believe this is last year, between last year and today. In New York City, one state alone, just one state, black abortion outnumbered black birth, live birth in 2012. 31,328 black abortions. 31,000, 31,328 black abortions. Only 24,758 live birth. Isn't that amazing? Only 24,758 live birth, 31,328 baby, babies were aborted just with, in the black community there in New York. 22,917 Hispanic abortion, 36,642 live birth. 9,704 white abortions, 4,493 Asian abortions, and Brooklyn had the most abortions of uh, 21,686. And the Bronx was second in place, 17,468 abortions. So that's not even worldwide or statewide, I mean, you know, other states. That's just in one state alone. One city, I mean, well, one was in, um, one was in uh, uh, Brooklyn, and the other ones was, uh, what did I say? The Bronx, yes. So, two cities. And um, the family is under attack. Last week, um, a federal judge invalidated Texas' ban on same-sex marriage. The folks in Texas said, we don't want same-sex marriage. We want a man and a woman to get married. And they voted for it. And the judge said, no, I'm going to overturn that. And there's no major outcry about that either. We got to pray for the country. But what I want you to know is that these people are destroying the order of God. They are destroying that family first. And when you destroy the order of God, you destroy the man, and you, the government take over the women and children and destroy them, demoralize them, then all these things come about. And it's going to get worse before it gets better if we don't take a stand. We have to pray, watch, and act. And we don't need to be violent. We need to be loud. We need to be protesting. We need to be involved because God has given us the responsibility as children of God to do this. And we can win this. We don't have to cow down to this. 
And if you're worried about, and I'm not telling you to go to your job tomorrow and be crazy, all right? But, but if you're worried about losing a, a sponsor or your job and all that kind of stuff, then your faith is not in, in God. Your faith is in material things. You know, you have to realize that God owns everything and he owns everybody and he can do what he wants. He has the authority to take care of us if we truly stand for what is right. But we have cowardly pre, uh, men and women today all in the name of Jesus. And this needs to end. It really needs to end. The Christians are so busy fighting one another on who religion is best. And if this is right or that is right, this is wrong. You're fighting amongst each other. Your families are being destroyed. And you don't see what's going on. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I can hardly hold back tears knowing this. But people are afraid. The Christ- I've never seen Christians be afraid before. I've never seen it before, as it is today. It is, it's, it's just absolutely insane. And God said, we don't have to worry about stuff. He'll take care of us. He will really take care of us. He'll feed us. He'll house us. He'll clothe us. He owned everything. He created everything. He made everything. It looked like he is not in charge, but he is. And he wanted to work even more so through us so we can encourage others to turn to him. But no! It's absolutely a shame. It really is a shame. But I just want to put that on your mind and hopefully encourage you. You got to, if you're afraid, if you're weak to the world, then you don't know God. You absolutely don't know him. You know about him, but you don't know him. So just food for thought. I want to wake up to Christians before it's too late. That should not have happened in Arizona. It should not have happened. We have the right to express our religious beliefs. And I have to tell you, they're not going after the Muslims. or They're going after Christians. So it's like they have honed in on Christians around the world, not just here in the country. And there's a reason that they're going after Christians. If we were, if Christians were not who we really are, they wouldn't care about us either. You know, they wouldn't care about us, but they know something about us that we don't know about ourselves. And what they know is that we have the authority given to us by God to defeat evil. They know that. But they don't believe the Muslim have it because the Muslim religion, not all Muslim are hateful people, but the Muslim religion itself teaches hatred. There's no, there's no power in hatred. The power is in love. So they know that. They really kind of, and they may not, may not be aware that they know that because evil is operating through them. So they're just following the instruction of their father, the devil. You know, they may not be aware what, they, what they're doing or why they're doing it. They may believe that they're right in what they're doing. But we know better. And we need to start acting like we know better. And stop fighting amongst one another and unite for a common cause for the family, for the unborn child, for the family. and the un- When you don't have that, you have nothing. How can that many babies be aborted in one state alone, just in a little area there, and there is no outcry about it? Where are the preachers on this? Where are the men and women of God? Oh, I forgot. They're at church just preaching the Bible. That's all they're doing. And they don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to judge. I don't want to offend. I don't want to offend. I just want to whatever. I just want to preach. I'm just preaching the Lord's word. And, and, and God and Jesus sit up there going, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> they're just preaching my word with no power, no authority, no nothing. No influence, just looking good. And the folks are worshiping them and nothing, I mean, and, and the family and the world just falling apart right around them. It's pretty sad. But just food for thought. Food for thought. You had a question about that, sir? Yeah, I'll make it quick because uh, I, I know you have a, a lot, lot to say today. Um, it, it just seems to me that the reason why you have a, a lot of abortions is because obviously the, there's no love in the home and uh, 
you know, sex is, is, is something that's really sacred. You know, it's, it's a power to, to bring into creation a, another living being, and uh, it's not looked upon that way. Sex is not looked at, it's looked at something casual. Um, there's a lot of people in libertarian movements and, and they just that sensationalize sex and make it seem something so insignificant, something that, you know, is so casual when it's a huge responsibility. It's an ask, it, it can be an expression of, of real love, but when you don't have that, when all you have is, uh, is just, you know, an animal urge or, you, you, you know, it's just something that's just casually done, and then life is meaningless. That the, well, out, the, out the real reason that it's like that is because men have turned away from God. The authority is in the man, and he has turned away from God. He's not being a man. He's not representing Christ on earth. That's the real reason. And as a result of that, all these other things come to pass. That's why it's happened. If men were men, then all this sex stuff and drug stuff and abortions and all that would not be ruling us in the manner that it is. It's not that abortion and this stuff would not be happening, but because you're going to always have some people serving their father devil, the devil, and some serving God. But it wouldn't be out of control as it is if men were men. Men are not men today. They are cowards. They have lost their way. They are under attack. And they are afraid to even mention masculinity. They are afraid to be themselves. Because the sooner they are, they're going to be called names. They're going to be called all kind of weird names. And uh, I had a woman on my show, radio show this week, uh, uh, ex-pastor, preacher woman. And the reason I had her on because she had taught her three sons from day one, since they were little kids, that you must respect women. Don't be a misogynist. You've got to respect women, no matter what. Respect women, respect women, don't be a misogynist, right? And that's what they've been instilling in their children from day one, their boys. And she said that one day her boy, her youngest boy, were out on the playground playing with his little dump trucks. trucks. And a little girl came over and wanted to play with the trucks or take them or something like that. And, and the boy said no to her. And she went and just yelled at her son and said, no, don't say that to her. She's a girl. I told you not to treat women that way. <laughs> and the boy is like, mama, what is wrong with you? Why are you acting this way? And that made her realize she had taken it too far, but not enough to change it, though. She said she's leaving it like that. And now they're all teenagers, and, you know, and I said to her, I asked her, uh, why did your husband allow you to do this? Where was your husband? Why would he allow this? She said, oh, he agrees with it. He was raised that way, too. I'm like, well, no wonder. And I said to her, you know, my heart goes out to you and, and your boys because your boys are going to catch hell from women. They're going to catch hell because they're going to be afraid now to stand up and say, this is wrong, or this is right, and blah, blah, blah. Right? I said, they're going to catch hell from them. And women hate weak men. She said, I reject that. That sounds like a negative. <laughs> I said, but it's the truth. I said, what we should teach our children is to treat men and women the same. You respect all people. You treat them with compassion. You treat them with honesty. You treat them fairly. You, you don't treat one differently than, you, you know, different than the other one. You treat them the same. There's nowhere in the scriptures where God said, oh, just focus on, on that woman and make sure you don't massage it as her. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, that's insane. You treat them both the same. We're all, once they accept God, they're children of God. Even if they're not children of God, of God you still treat them with compassion, honesty, and love. But she couldn't see it that way. And like she was agreeing but not agreeing. And then uh, when I, I think, and now you could listen to the show, but I asked her about the order of God. Well, what do you think about that order of God? Uh, uh, God? God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, woman over children. At first she said, no. She, she said something crazy, right? And so, and then I read it to her out of 1 Corinthians or something like that. I read it to her. And then she said, well, yeah, that's right. That's in the Bible. But 
And how do you do a but? If it's in the scriptures and we're children of God, we can see that this makes sense in the scriptures. How do you deviate from that? You know, and just come up with your own stuff. But that's what we're dealing with. So it's happening in the churches, too. And uh, it's time to really, really wake up, folks. It really is. This is not a game. And I'm not telling you to freak out and worry or go and, act and do crazy things. But this is not a game. We're losing. And the Bible says that the Christians may have to hide behind rocks one day. I can easily see that happening if the people, men and women of God don't wake up. So I went and bought a rock. <laughs> it's just big enough for me to hide behind it. <laughs> I told my son, you better go out there by your own rock. Don't be calling me up asking, could you share my rock? <laughs> it's big enough just for me. But it doesn't have to be that way. Jesus doesn't have to come back if his children were to wake up. He only coming back because he won't wake up. He will not wake up. Isn't that something? Any questions about that? Yes, sir. Um, when you want to speak, just wait for a minute for the mic, all right? I just want to ask one uh, question. This woman who taught uh, since that uh, to respect uh, to uh, respect women. Didn't she ever thought about telling, uh, teaching them to respect themselves, to build, uh, build self-respect within themselves? That's, That's that. a good point. If you respect yourself, you're going to respect everybody else. Um, who said this in a song? <laughs> If you don't respect yourself, ain't nobody gonna give a who? Oh, no, no. Give me uh, respect yourself. Nah, 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 nah. Who? Staples. Yeah, Staples ain't said, and that's a gospel song. If you don't respect yourself, ain't nobody gonna get a who? You came in this world by, uh, by yourself, and you're going out backwards by yourself, some kind of way. Yes, sir. In the white shirt with him, yeah. It seems like there's a, a fine line, though, between um, what this lady was teaching, which was really for her son to be intimidated of women as opposed to respecting women. Um, and I think there's a big mistake there in terms of there's a lot of people that have that misconception of, of that. And you don't want to be intimidated of anybody, actually. Right. And but if your parents, by example, show you how to deal with issues in life, how to treat human beings, you're not going to be intimidated. You're going to treat people the way you would like to be treated. If you, if you don't mind hearing the truth about yourself, then you're going to tell others the truth. You know, If you don't mind whatever, whatever, you're going to treat people the way you would like to be treated, no matter what your gender is. Understood. But in that particular situation, when the kid said something to that girl, you know, there may have been some spirit coming out of the girl. He, he needed to say, no, that's mine. And yeah, that it, is his truck. And, and if he doesn't do that, then he's, he's going to get taken advantage of oh, yeah. every single day of his life right. until he learns to stand up for himself because that's, that's going to kill his own spirit. He's going to destroy him, all three of them. I, uh, he's going to be dating and his girlfriend is going to say, buy me a dress. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to go to Sears to get it? No. I want to go to Macy's. Okay. And he's going to be so unhappy within himself, or themselves, because she taught it to all three. And the woman went out and just talked about me like a dog. She like, she told me, on, she, oh, she sent an email right after she got off the show and said to my producer that I was ambushed and I'm going to go out and tell everybody, do not go on Destiny Peterson radio show. So she tweeted that out to folks, do not go. So I'm going to replay the show so that folks can hear it for themselves. Or you can podcast the show. That's one good thing about podcasting. I didn't yell at the woman. I didn't accuse her of anything. I, I gave her the scriptures and she acted out. I was very kind to her. But she's still, he's mad about that. Yes, sir. Yeah, one thing I noticed, uh, as I've, I've dealt with women like this, 
this generation, bossy, uh, bossy, angry, they're, they're like leaders. Uh, they, they raise their children, they raise their sons to, uh, to worship women, to always say yes, don't confront them, that you're supposed to serve them. Uh, they they raise their sons that way. And that's what we're coming to. That's why we need to pray, because we can't have this. We need a balanced society. When God made, created man, had he wanted it that way, he would have said, all right, I'm just going to create Adam, and that's it. But he decided that he needed both. Men need women, women need men. We all need God. We need to love one another. We do. And men are like, I pray for men because they are under attack and they don't realize it. Um, I don't know. So there you have it. Do what you want with that information. Either go back to sleep or wake up. It's really up to us. It really is. Uh, did you want to come in on that or something? Yeah, I just thought that um, I've seen so many, like, everywhere. There's some really, you know, it's really fashionable to be big for a man, you know, these days. Be what? Big, like buff. Yes. And um, those, there's some huge guys out there, you know, walking around that are totally into working out. And I've noticed, uh, like, if you see them with their woman, they listen to they listen to the girl. Like, ultimately, it's... It's, they're not a man unless the girl says they're a man, but they're like big giant beasts, and they won't listen. They won't. They'll only. They'll listen to the woman. That's it. Yeah. Because they're not a man without the woman. Well, the point the I, I just—it's not an attack on men or women today. It's, I just want you to understand the spiritual aspect of what is happening in life, because we are we as a Christian nation, and we allow those who serve evil to dictate how we should live and. They are taking away that order of God, and we are allowing it to happen. And as a result, these are the things that are coming about. And it's spiritual, and I want you to know that. I want to get to my question of the day. Um, if you have already heard me talk about this on the radio, shut up. <laughs> Let me try to act like you already know, or the Lord told me something. You know what happened? Speaking of, of God... The other day, I was, like, having problems overcoming something, in my, you know, that something happened, and I, I was like, wow. And I couldn't let it go. And so I said to God, you know, I said, with words, out loud, I said, you know, I can't let this go. I'm having a problem with it. And right away, it's like he wiped it away from my thoughts. That was so, and I just, it, I, I boo-hooed. I'm serious. I literally, it was like someone took, you know how you wipe up some water from the countertop or something? I could just see him come and just wipe it away from my thought, and it no longer bothered me. Isn't that deep? And I'm like, wow, there is something going on in here. We, we are a spirit, and God is dealing with us, and he does love us. He really does. But most people don't know it because we're so outwardly looking at things. We're outside people, not inside people where God really is. The focus got to be on the inside. But that's for something later. I want um, Raymond, I want you to read, uh, go to Raymond with the mic there. I want you to read uh, Matthew 7, 15 for me. 7, 15. All right. And I hear Bibles turning and leaves and making noise. <laughs> of the other Bible. Matthew 7, uh, what verse? 15. 7, 15. 7, Herbert Raymond. Okay, you ready? Yes, sir. Beware, the false, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly there are ravenous wolves. You will know, uh, know them by their fruits. Do men gather gra uh, grapes from th uh, thorn bushes or figs from thistles? All right, that's it. Beware of, of, uh, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raven wolves. 
How many of you have heard that before, that we should beware of false prophets? Oh, good. That is cool. Everybody in their mama have heard of it at least. My question is, and I thought about this uh, all week, and I talked about it on the radio show. I want to know, and how many Christians we have here already? You already been saved. <laughs> Only two. Three. Can I get a four? Four. <laughs> Can I get a five? Yeah. How about six? Yeah. Six Christians, and they like scared to hold their hands up. They're like, what is he up to? So everybody else here are non-Christians, right? You don't believe in God. Okay. You don't believe in God. Okay. Um, beware of wolves, sheeps and wool clothing. That's what it says? Wolves and sheep clothing. Somebody. <laughs> Just be aware of them. My question is, who are the wolves and sheep clothing that we need to be aware of. I heard this all of my life. Beware of it. And so I've been trying to be aware. And <laughs> I want to know, who are they? Well, it's the false prophets who are in sheep's clothing and that who are, are like the, ravenous who, wolves. Who are the false prophets, though? Well, the prophets are ones that come into say God, what you know warning of god's or give god's warning and i'm these false prophets must be saying that there is no fear there is no warning of god there is no sin they're telling us that everything is that you'll be loved and only loved but never judged oh okay i mean that's and how do you know that's who they are i'm just trying to break it down with the, with with the words and then with the I think with the way that today is, yeah. we're being told that we're being told, well, my daughter is being taught in public school that you cannot, um, uh, an abortion is not shame, a shame. Yeah. Abortion is normal. So to me, that's a, exactly the analogy. A false prophet coming to teach the children that abortion is normal and you'll be okay. Okay. All right. I asked Doug this morning, who was it? It was interesting, his answer. I had to laugh on it. Do you mind sharing it with us now, Mr. Christian? <laughs> Mr. Holy One? <laughs> I asked you who were the false prophets, and you said? I said Barack Obama <laughs> and people like him. <laughs> and why did you say him? Because, I mean, this is the type of guy that can smile in your face and destroy, and behind the scenes, things are being destroyed. Okay. As we know it. All right. and, I, and that's why you think it's Obama? Well, I mean, not just him, but people like him. Oh, okay. People that can smile in your face and then just doing nasty dirt in the background. Oh, all right. Okay. Everybody laughed the same way I did. I, for some reason, it was so funny when he said that. Uh, yes, in the back, you have your hand there. The, are, you, are you a Christian? Yeah. I, I'm sorry? Today, I am today. You are just <laughs> And you didn't hear me. Did you hear me discuss this on the radio? I didn't hear that. Uh, I heard you mention it, but I didn't hear the answer or any discussion okay. on it. And, and again, it's not an answer. This is fellowship, you know, and we're fellowshipping. We're edifying and encouraging one another. So you don't get an A for, for any of these answers, at least not from me. <laughs> it's just this is what church should be doing. We should examine and know and fellowship and see what it is we do or do not understand. And it's my job to point the way so that you can get the understanding. Yes. Yeah, I think it's pretty uh, self-evident. And the people that I think of, not to get political, but Barack Obama is definitely one of the people. Another person that comes to mind is uh, Louis Farrakhan. And oh. I think it's people that they use or twist the Bible and they come to you as a savior, like they're helping the, the black community. But you can tell by their fruits that they're destroying Society. For example, Barack Obama announced the brother, My Brother's Keeper plan this week. And we know that came straight out of the Bible, yet this guy is not a Christian. And the solution that he's offering to the black community is not ultimately going to help the black community. It's going to actually uh, addict them to more government programs and things like okay. that. So right, I so think that's you, the kind of guy. You join. You want to stand, ne you want to stand next to him. <laughs> I know, I know. For some reason, it was just funny when you said it. 
didn't look like you believed it or something. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, the Bible says that uh, Satan comes as an angel of light. Yes. And so I think that um, wolves in sheep clothing can come from individuals or helpers of Satan, and they can schmooze and make you think that it's all that when it's really not. Yes. And they can sit and they can be your friends, and they're really not. Yes. So I I think that they're among us today. They're wherever we go. They're in the workplace. They're at church. They're at the grocery stores. And they become friends, but they're really not friends the way the Bible would want us to love each other and help each other. So Very interesting. Let me see the Christian hands again. Okay, Christians. How many of you as a Christian have judged someone else? You are a sheep in wolf clothing. How many of you have gossiped about another person as a Christian? You are a sheep in wolf clothing. The sheep are the folks who call themselves children of God and do not put their fellow man before themselves. If you gossip about another person, if you're angry at another person, you're holding grudge toward another person, you, you don't love them before yourself because God said we should love our fellow man even before ourselves. We should never even think of ourselves if we're children of God. If you're taking advantage of someone as a child of God, then you are a sheep in, in wolf clothes. Somebody clothes. Wolf in sheep clothing. You are a wolf in sheep clothing. If you've been unfaithful to your husband or your wife, all in the name of Jesus. If you judge Barack Obama and Louis Farrakhan and their mama, you are a wolf in sheep clothing. <laughs> and that's the truth. See, I've never realized that until it was revealed to me that all these Christians are coming to one another all in the name of Jesus and quote scriptures and loving one another and a turn on each other just like that. We'll turn just like that. And we're supposed to trust each other when we say that we're children of God. But I don't know of any Christians that you can trust. I don't know of any Christians who think of their fellow man, their enemy, before they do themselves. The moment you say, oh, I love, love the Lord, I love the Lord. And as soon as somebody do something wrong to you, you go off, you go talk about them. If they take something for you, you don't pray up for them, you turn against them. You are a wolf, right? I got it. In sheep clothing. And I bet you, you never thought of yourself as being a wolf in sheep clothing. You never thought of that. Like, wow, I'm a wolf in sheep clothing. I praise God's name. I mention God. Look how I treat my fellow man. Look how I treat my husband or my wife or my children. God said you should know them by their fruits. Look at their children. The Christian's children. Didn't they come from the parents? And are they coming from Christian parents? The kids are screwed up. They're angry. They're out of control. They're having sex before time. They're cursing their parents out. They're stealing and killing and having abortions and just all kinds of things. And these kids are coming from Christians. They didn't come from Obama. They didn't come from that preacher in the pulpit. And now I'm not saying what you're saying about the obvious ones are wrong, but in reality, we're supposed to look at ourselves first. We go inwardly and check yourself before you call somebody else a wolf in sheep clothing. But folks don't do that. And that's why they're not coming in one with the Father because they are constantly looking outside and judging somebody else. And that's the last thing we should be doing as children of God. It is the last thing because we don't know right from wrong unless he reveals it to us. And if you're seeking him and, you know, praying and watching, he will show you. But he's going to show you you first. 
so you can judge right, rightly and not like all this mess that you're doing to one another and, and breaking up families and friendships and all that kind of stuff. But you're the wolf in the sheep clothing. I've done that. I'm the wolf in the sheep clothing. And is the wolf? All right, right now, right. Okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I, yes, see your hand? Okay. Yeah, when you were asking that question, I was thinking of like just everyday people, I was going to say, like myself. Right on. People like me. That's right. It's regular folk. It's you and me if we're doing those things. If you're not thinking of your fellow man first, if you're married and your husband or your wife is out of control, you know, they're angry, they're easy to get, to get angry or whatever, if you don't put aside you and pray for that husband or that wife, you are a wolf in sheep clothing. And you'll go to church and just lift up holy hands and how wonderful thy, thou art. While at home with your own family, you don't have love. But you have the scriptures you go to church, you pay your tithe and offering. You got to get to know yourself. I'm telling you, this pride of man runs deep. Deeper than what you can even imagine. It's more than just hating your mama, hating your daddy. It runs deep. There's things in us uh, that is covered with pride that you don't even see. You don't even know it's there. And God will reveal it to you and set you free. But you got to put him first. Uh, did I see your hand? Okay. Um, I think what, from judging, I think I've come to now discernment. Yes. Instead of judging someone, I just, I discern. Which, yes, sir. Which is more, I'm careful, I, I don't get emotional, and I'm grateful for what you've been teaching. Um, and now when I do judge, it's a discernment not a just a critical attack on them. That's it's right. me trying to weigh it all out and make sure I'm doing the right thing in my judging, which is a discernment. Of. And if you are seeking first the kingdom of God within you, because the kingdom of God is within us, you, don't, you will discern because he wants you to be protected from evil. He doesn't want it to overtake you, right? And there is evil working through people. And you will be able to discern it. Because he will, he will cause you to discern because he, he loves you enough to protect you. He loves you. He loves us. And he will protect us. But you got to keep your eyes on self. If you really knew how you really, how you really are, you would never judge your fellow man. Never. It would be impossible. I don't care what they come and bring you. You would think of them and not of you. You would pray for them because you would know that they cannot help themselves. But it starts with you first. I had a... I'm saying it this way so you don't try to figure out who it is. All right? I had, a, I had an elephant... That came, it came to me, and this elephant was mad. I could just see it all in the elephant eyes and face, just buck eyes and mad, right? And, and the elephant said that it, it had been mad for three days, and then the cock crowed. <laughs> and so I knew right away that the elephant wasn't normal. I knew it, the elephant had gotten lost. And so the elephant was carrying on. And the elephant brought up stuff that I'm like, what? And I, so, so I, just, you know, allowed, you know, I said, look, look, elephant, you really need to start looking at yourself here. You, you're not being yourself right now. You know, you're lost in your imagination. You're lost in your head. And after a while, the elephant started to calm down. And, really, and then you can see the elephant coming out of the imagination, out of the thoughts, right? And came back to reality and we're back to normal. And the elephant like, wow. And I'm glad the elephant had that experience because when you see what's driving you and you're able to overcome it by the grace of God, you're now growing spiritually. And that helped you in the next situation by that. So the elephant came back to life. But that elephant was a mess. And had I not understood, thank God, 
what goes on now, I would have gone dead off on that elephant. <laughs> we have been fighting. But I understood. And I understand, thanks to God, because I seek first the kingdom of God. I now know my number one enemy, the number one enemy of mankind is his or her thoughts. That's your number one enemy. You have never had a true thought in your whole entire born-again life. There's no such thing as true thoughts. No such thing. There's revelation, but not true thoughts. There is revelation. Discernment is revelation. It's revealed to you. Not with these words in your head. And as long as you listen to anything that thoughts have to tell you, you're never going to know revelation. And God is always trying to wake us up. He's trying to reveal things. That's why he allows some things to happen in hopes that when you're going through pain, you would cry out to him. There's only one path, road, straight and narrow road, but many things can bring you to that road. Suffering, whatever, anxiety, depression, whatever you want to call it. All those things, the loss of money, whatever, it can bring you to God, to this straight and narrow path. That's what it's for. For you to finally realize, wow, God, I'm sorry. I'm out of control here. Forgive me. And he'll bring you in and you can live. He'll start waking you up and you can have a life. But so just realize that if you had done those things to your fellow man or to yourself, if you judge yourself, if you judge others, you get mad at people, you talk about people, you steal from people, you lie to people, you take advantage of people, and you call yourself a Christian, you are a wolf in sheep clothing. I bet you never thought, John, you ever thought about yourself as being a wolf in sheep clothes? No. How do you feel knowing that now? <laughs> I don't know, I'm just thinking about it right now. You're just thinking about it? Yeah. And I can mention this only because you had mentioned it in the meeting before, in this meeting. Okay. Uh, remember one day you just going off on your wife. I don't like my wife. I like my kids. But I don't want to be around my wife. Remember that? Yes. And you're, and you're a Christian, right? Uh, y- yes. <laughs> that's a wolf. That's an example of a wolf in sheep clothes. Because if you are truly a man of God and this love is operating through you, you would consider your wife. Your wife has issues. She's not clear how to deal with them. You would be that shining light. To, and God would tell you, give you the words and the patience and the compassion to help her to overcome them, as he does with you. That makes sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. So you never thought of yourself as a wolf, huh? And she clothes. Uh, no. Uh, I heard part of the show, but the last hour, uh, um, I turned it off so I, I wouldn't hear the answer. But I thought <laughs> that uh, uh, my answer was going to be that uh, it was my feelings that was the wolves and chief calling, but uh, I was wrong about that. <laughs> so can you see what I'm saying for yourself? You see it for yourself. Because if you see it for yourself, it's yours. Don't believe it just because I said it. If you don't see it, ask God to show it to you. All right? Wayne, you see it. I hate to say Wayne's name. This is not Wayne that I know. This is another Wayne. Do you see that you're a wolf in sheep clothes? Yes. Had you thought of that before now, today? In some situations, yes. Yeah. Does it help to know that now, to put the focus there? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'd like you to hate to say it. Yes. <laughs> hate this mic. <laughs> put all this pressure on me. Yes. I- I just want to make sure there's there's that other wording though in there that, you know, I don't disagree with what you're talking about at all, but and it helps. Yes. <clears throat> but the false prophet part is to me very important in that phrase as well. Yes. When and yes, it is happening in the, with the big timers too. I'm not denying it at all, right? But I want you to see how you're that way too, right? Um, when you are a married man with children and you are a Christian, and they know that you are, you go to church, you do all the holy things, but you're impatient with them, you're 
not that you curse at your kid, but you curse at your kid. They hear you gossip about other people. They don't ever hear you praying for them. Are you like a false prophet to them? Yeah, I guess so. If I'm portraying my, the, the, the faith wrong. yeah. Yes. And if you're that way with your friends, okay, are you that way with your, if you're that way with your friends and they know that you're a Christian, but you can talk about them to other people or talk about anyone, wouldn't that be a false prophet? Yeah. So the individual don't want to see themselves as that. It feels better to see the preacher, the politician, the someone else rather than seeing yourself. But everything starts with us. It really does. I got to end right now. Uh, ask me a quick question because I have a nice little treat for you, and I want to give it to you on air here. Uh, yes, real fast. Um, really quickly, uh, you know, uh, I can see that the, the, the thoughts being the number one enemy, but also that, you know, when you mentioned that I did, my eyes came to myself. I see how I ha- still have anger, and I do put myself, uh, I put myself in the pulpit as a teacher, just sometimes to people when I'm talking about certain issues, et cetera. But it, the other enemy is also that, that the part that doesn't want to allow you to see that, that because you're, you're the holy of the thou. I'm not, I will point it to Obama or point it to somebody else, you know, because it, it, it's not you. So it's a, something in you that, that doesn't allow you to see, wants, wants you to see, because you see yourself in a certain, in a certain light, a certain image. Yeah, we all want to see ourselves as wonderful, holy, greater than thou, especially if we're a Christian, better than the next Christian. We are better than the Jehovah Witness. If you're a Christian, the Christian is better than the Jehovah Witness. The Jehovah Witness is better than the Jew. The Jew is better than the Islam. The Islam is better than the Catholic. The Catholic better than the whomever and whomever. That's how we are, but we're wrong. We're absolutely wrong. Look at this stuff and get over it. I, got, I have a treat for you out there, folks, so I have to stop right now. I encourage you to pray and observe. Watch. And don't watch other people. Watch your thoughts. Let them go because they are your enemy. You want revelation. And let God fight your battle within. You got to pray and watch. All right? When you get to know yourself, you'll cut the crap. You really will. Uh, we have a prayer CD for you. Be still and know. You can call the number and order it. No charge. It just kind of show you how to pray, to just be quiet, quiet and let God take over. We need your financial support as well. So don't forget to donate to the ministry. And our private school, Bond Leadership Academy for boys and girls, grades 1 through 12. Uh, we're, we're accepting kids for next September. The best school you ever want to see in your whole life. We brought prayer back to the school, constitution, reading, writing, arithmetic. And uh, I teach an ethic class there on Fridays. And we are also teaching them a trade. So when they finish high school, if they don't want to go to college, they don't have to. They can work with their hands, start a business. Uh, bring out Paul for me, please. And, they, um, uh, and let me have a mic. Um, and uh, you can, uh, so, and if you can't afford it, we have uh, grants, right, for those who can't afford it. So we need your financial support for that as well. All right. Uh, this is one of our students from, what grade are you, Paul? Six. Six grade? Yes. And how old are you? Twelve. Twelve, okay. Um, Paul is one of the kids in our class. And I found this on the wall in my office there in the, in the kitchen area. And I'm like, wow, I want one of the kids to read this today. So I, so I asked Paul this morning, would you read it for me? He's like, no. <laughs> I said, why not? I got to draw. <laughs> and then I said, no, Paul, come on, you can do it. And he's like looking at it. And then I said, would you read it? No, I want to go outside and build some stuff. But we're not building today, it's raining. So he finally said, yeah. So he just saw it this morning, and he's going to read it for the first time. I'll hold it this way. You want me to hold it? You can do it. Okay. You can do it? Okay, hold it straight to your mouth like this. And loud. I have not chased after the things I thought would make me happy. I have followed my instincts, though I sought the counsel of others. I have not let their words stir confusion. I have never gone back on my words. I have strained to hear the secrets of my heart rather than the thoughts of another. I have not wasted time talking while my hands slept on my lap. I have not wasted light trying to reveal another person's inconsistencies. 
I have not encircled men with curses. I have walked the burning sands, seen my crops destroyed, and lost my sheep to jackals. But I have not ruined the good taste of my wife's bread with these troubles. I have not proclaimed myself. I have, bo- I have not bound myself to the gods with a lesser magic than love. I have not searched for a crack in every pot. I have not tried to darken the light of the moon. I have not looked for mold on the bread of the gods. All things are perfect in themselves. I have not questioned the laws of nature nor scorned the gods of another man. I have not fed myself before the hungry children. I have not cried off praise intended for God. I have not killed the cow nor uprooted the wheat. I do give up my life without regret to feed a spirit greater than mine. I shall die a small thing and become a part of a larger world. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Isn't that cool? That's a Bond Academy guy. But I wanted him to read that because that's what we should be striving for. It's not about us, it's about others. As God sent his only begotten son, he allowed his only son to sacrifice for us so that we could be free to sacrifice for others. And yet I start making sacrifices by not taking things personally, by not judging, by not bite-biting and, biting and stabbing in the back and being, let people be wrong so that they can find their way. And don't take it personally when they are wrong but pray for them. You know, that's what we want. You got to lay down a life in order to live. You got to lay down your ego, Satan-given life so that you can live. If we did that, abortions would not be out of control. Families would not be destroyed. The country would not go to hell in a handbasket. Races would not be fighting one another. It's ridiculous to fight another race because of the color of the skin. It's just not even logical, especially for Christians. I can see non-believers doing it because they are blind and can't see. But we as Christians should not be blind. That's the whole thing of coming to God in order to wake up and love as he has loved us. He loved us to a point that he gave his son. Why not we love our enemies or our whatever so that we can give? You got to really rethink the way you're living as Christians. The proof is all around you that it's not working. So if it's not working in your little environment, then you know something is wrong. And it's not wrong with somebody else. It's wrong with you. It's wrong right here, right now. But the beauty about it, it can be changed just like that. As soon as you can admit that you're wrong, you shall be free. Don't blame anyone for anything that has happened in your life to you. I don't care what they did to you, but it's your fault the way you react toward it. They're not to blame for that. And love is powerful. I'm telling you, there's nothing greater than God's love. Not just love that you call somebody on the phone before the conversation is over. I love you. <laughs> you don't love me. You're just lying. It's just cute to say it now before you hang up the call. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. No, you don't. You know, that's not love. All right? We know real love when we see it. And just saying I love you is not love. It is absolutely not love. All right? So, and we have been taught now to do that. Oh, say you love me. You don't love me. All right? So make sure you pray, folks. We need your support. And uh, it's everything starts with self. Everything. It comes from within, goes out. If it's coming from outside in, it destroys you. And I hope that this helped today. My thing is I just want to point you back to self because that's where the kingdom of heaven is. That's where God is. He's above too, but he's inside of us to love us and guide us. So you got to start looking within. And when you do, even if the whole world turns against you, God is with you. So if you love money, People, places, and things more than you love God first. Because God said we have to love him without anything else. Just him first. 
and then our, our neighbors, our enemies. I don't even see where he tell us we got to love ourselves, ourselves. But I hear everybody, oh, I love myself. <laughs> oh, I don't love myself. Oh, I love myself. I don't know where he says that. But thank you for tuning in again. I appreciate it. And thank you for coming, folks. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.